holding on. Those you're praying for, hold on. There's hope. Amen. Proverbs 29. Father, we love you. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for just, Lord, your your goodness to us, Lord. Every one of us, we just just wouldn't be much at all without you, God. And you have blessed us, brought us together, and made us a family. God, we thank you for that. God, I ask you please to speak to us, talk to us, Lord, because it's not what we want. It's what you want that matters. Give us, Lord, your heart today. Help me, I pray, to just deliver what you've laid on my heart. And, God, just let me, my my own will, my own way is to stay out of your way, God, and just have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Proverbs 29, most of us are pretty familiar with this verse. If you're not, that's all right. Uh, you just stay in the word of God, and it's just going to be an amazing journey for you. Uh, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where... There is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. Well, if you're happy, go ahead and you may be seated. Everybody else, well, go ahead as well. (laughs) I love the book of Proverbs. To me, the most exciting thing about the Bible itself is how practical it is. I think a lot of people have problems with the Word of God because... For a lot of reasons that we won't really get into, they have a hard time really applying it to their own lives. But if you understand what, how the Bible is given to us and, and prayerfully seek God, I think it's a good idea to pray before you read the Bible. Ask God for direction, ask God for understanding, but also have some good teaching in your life that, uh, you'll start to realize that this book is about you. Now, let me make it clear, it's, it's about God, it's about Him, it's about who He is and, and what He loves and what He hates. Yeah, don't be surprised when you find out there's something God just can't stand. Amen. In fact, hate isn't even strong, he's, that's a strong word. He'll, he'll get down and say, it's an abomination to me. Because He's real. He's, there's some things that God just doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't put up with. And, but He's good. And um, you'll find out, you start seeing how practical the Word of God is. Like Brother Mike was saying, you know, the Word of God will help you be better at just who you are. It'll help you, whatever place in life you are, it'll help you be your best. His best, really. Amen. It'll, it'll, it will, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that call themselves your friends. And they, they, uh, you know, they kind of pull you down, maybe. And they don't bring out the best in you. But God, he'll be a friend to you. And he'll help you grow and learn and, and, and you'll see through him you'll be better. Amen. It's a book of wisdom is what it is. You'll see from the very beginning that, that it is a book that, that talks about the value of wisdom and how the importance of wisdom and wisdom. I looked up a di- dictionary definition of wisdom here and says the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Well, what that really means is taking what's right and what's good, the knowledge of the truth of what's best, of what's God's will, and applying that practically in your life. I think probably the most simple thing I can tell you about, it's the opposite of foolishness. Doing things that are stupid, doing things that are going to 
bring out the worst in you that are going to pull you down. God's word is a book of wisdom. And I love Proverbs because it really is just very clearly just kind of bullet points. This is what somebody that's wise does, and this is what somebody who's foolish does. It'll just put it right together. And if you want to be wise, here's how a wise person guides his words. Here's how a wise person guides his relationships. Here's how a wise person guides his finances. You'll see all these things in the book of Proverbs, and you'll see how fools, those who lack wisdom, those who lack understanding, those who aren't interested in taking God's truth, God's principles of what's best and applying them to your life, applying them to your home, to your heart, to to your relationships. The the Bible says that's foolish. And uh, Jesus made it very clear. If you hear the word, but you don't obey it, you can know, hey, I know the Bible says that, but you ignore it. You're like a Like a foolish man that's building his house, but it's going good for a while. Don't get me wrong. There's pleasure in sin for a season. The Bible says it. I mean, temptation is called temptation for a reason. And there is pleasure in sin for a season, but there's a payday that comes. And Jesus said somebody who is foolish will build their house and things will go good for a while. It will look fine. But when the hard times come is when the problems will happen and the house begins to collapse. But somebody who is wise, somebody who has wisdom, will build their house on the rock. That means they have, they have some foresight. Yes, sir. Amen. Look at what it says in Proverbs, the third chapter, about the value of wisdom. Every now and then, there's a preacher that, I never met, I've heard a lot about his teaching and just heard good things about his teaching in so many ways. And, and he took a lot of scriptures from Proverbs and, and uh, put together a message and, about wisdom and righteousness, wisdom and doing the will of God, wisdom in obeying God and how the fool will forsake knowledge and basically just kind of brought it down to this, sin is stupid, <laughs> It's foolish. Amen. It's not going to bless you. You can say, ah, I can, I'm going to get away with it. You're just pulling yourself down. You're just hurting yourself. Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 13, happy. Somebody say happy. Happy Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. I'm going to tell you how to find it. Look for it. It is available. Listen to this. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. That just really makes a lot of sense if you understand what's, what's important in life. Someone who is seeking wealth but is not wise, well, they might find wealth, but they'll probably lose it. Or they, it will turn around and be a curse to them. The Bible says... Wisdom is better than silver and than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. And all things that thou canst desire not to be compared unto her. God personifies wisdom as female. We just throw that in there. We're not going to go 
Get off of the train. Amen. Length of days is in her right hand. If you're wise, you know, foolishness will cut your life short. I know, and I believe. If you say, well, you know what, I believe there's an appointment. Once the point on a man wants to die. People say, when it's your time, it's your time. There's some truth to that, but you know what, you cut that short by foolishness. That's what the Bible says. Bible talks about commandment to honor your we just had Mother's Day last week. It says Ephesians tells us to honor your father and mother and says this is the first commandment with a promise that thy days may be long. And it, God will bless you with a long life. Certain ways as a result of wisdom. Amen. And God will. Well, I won't say it's God. You can cut yourself short with foolishness. Don't blame God. God's given you every way to, to live a, a blessed, long life. He wants that. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to do well. But if you forsake wisdom, you, know, you, you kind of make your own bed. You're going to lie in it. Well, it says length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand, riches and honor. God will bless you. God will bless you. You know... It's interesting to me because there is a balance in this. A lot of people say, ah, you know, money doesn't mean anything to me. Well, we are not materialistic. But God knows how to bless you. And there's things that, you know, in order for you to, well, just to be able to get to church. It's, you need a vehicle. You need to put some, some money in that, in that tank. I mean, some gas in that tank. But that's money. You know, you need insurance for that thing. If you're going to help somebody get to church. Right? There's a lot of basic things that really, uh, it's a blessing, but it can be a curse if it becomes a, if it becomes a, a ruler in your life rather than a servant. And God says over and over again, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you, but get your eyes on wisdom, not on the wealth. Amen? Her ways are pleasantness, her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Bible says in the book of James to ask for wisdom. Turn with me. James, the first chapter. You know, it's a good idea. I think generally it'd be a good idea to say, God, I want to be, I want to have wisdom. I I don't want to be foolish in my life. I want you to grant me wisdom. I want you to help me be able to make wise choices in my life, to make wise choices take wise steps in my life and not be foolish. If I see that it's so valuable, help me to take your word and apply it to my life. Wisdom. Look what it says in James. First chapter, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. That means he wants to give you a lot. He's not looking to keep you in the dark. He'll give you wisdom if you ask for it, and he'll give it to you liberally, and he won't scold you for asking for too much wisdom. It shall be given, but let me just get some context here. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. That means want wisdom. You know there's a battle sometimes in people. I want to do what's right. I want to do what's best, but temptation is so tempting. 
I really, I'm not sure I want to give up my sin. I'm not sure I really want to give up those things that, but you know how foolish it is. I know if I, if I was going to be really brutally honest with you, yes, but, but it's, it's, it's so enticing. Stolen waters are sweet, the Bible says. But it says, ask in faith, nothing wavering. Just want wisdom. Seek wisdom. Don't waver. He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven in the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's just good. And I want to throw this in here just briefly that there's people that you say, Oh, I really tried, but, you know, God didn't come through for me. Were you double-minded? Were you asking God but really wishing for, for, for him to, to okay your foolishness and take away the consequences of your bad decisions? Don't think God is just gonna, gonna be okay with that. He says, don't let that double-minded man that's wavering like a wave in the sea between foolishness and wisdom think that they're gonna receive anything from God. This is such a great scripture that uh, is important to me because I feel like when I see the Bible say that the wisdom and the, the little bit of Bible that we read in, in Proverbs is just a small portion. If you're familiar with Proverbs, there's a lot in there about the value of wisdom. Full chapters about how great wisdom is and how awesome wisdom is and, and, and how helpful wisdom is and how you ought to seek it. Um. And when I see that, I think, and then I see, we talked about the other day, how Solomon pleased God so much that God blessed him with riches and, and victory over his enemies and so many, so many, because he asked for wisdom. So it's, it's a regular thing for me to say, God, I, I want, I want you to give me wisdom. I want to be wise, not only as, uh, as a child of God. But as a pastor, I want to have that kind of wisdom to be able to direct and guide God's people the best way I can. Amen. Amen. But can I tell you also that this scripture, I think, is more. It doesn't take that away. I think I think praying and just saying, God, give me give me wisdom is appropriate and, and right. But I think this scripture is even more about saying, you know, God, I've got a situation here. And I'm not really sure what to do. We give me wisdom. You know, it's one thing to say, God, give me wisdom every day. And it's another thing to say, here's what I'm doing today. God, help me see if it's wise or not. Help me make wise decisions today with what I have in my life today. I think a lot of times we get lost in the idea of these generalities Kind of, I'm, I'm praying every day, God just make me wise. And I'm not saying God won't, but do you really bring it down to the decisions and the, 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 their schedule today and say, okay, here's what I'm doing. Here's, uh, what I'm buying. Here's who I'm talking to. Here's what I'm, what I'm planning. Here's what I'm, I'm thinking about my future, Lord. God, give me wisdom and shine your light in me and let me know if anything I'm doing is foolish and don't be too proud to, to be able to be honest with yourself and say, you know, is this really God's wisdom? I have found some of the people who fight the hardest. If the opportunity arises and sadly, a lot of times it's not under the best circumstances. Sometimes after everything crashes and burns and they you say, 
I knew all along I was just being stubborn. I knew all along what God really wanted, but I just, I just wouldn't, wouldn't submit to God. And what a fool I was. How sad. Amen. I want to be able to take everything that I do and just say, God, is this really your will? Because listen, God's not going to take any. We say it so often. God's not looking to to rob you and take all your fun. He wants to bless you with something better than, I mean, let's be, let's be real. Look, I mean, he's talking about back in our, our, our Proverbs three, um, text there, you know, getting, Merchandise of silver, fine gold, and precious rubies. Hey, that sounds like fun. <laughs> you want to you wanna give that to me? Great. I, I, that's not a bad day. But how much more would it be to live for God and have wisdom to be a better person? To have more peace and have more joy. See, sometimes you seek things and, and it may have this idea of fun attached to it. But there's something more lasting in wisdom that will give you a just a sense of uh, of satisfaction that no material goods can do that. Ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Ask if this is best. God, is this really taking your principles? Uh, sometimes people say, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's wise. Well, ask yourself. There's some simple questions. You know, what about what the Bible says? Is this something that looks like is following the principles of God with all your heart? Is this something that's kind of starting to get closer to the edge? You know, if this fell down, you know how you play the floor's lava. (laughs) So if this was, if this was the edge of the lava pit, would it be wise to stand here? It would be wise to stand here. Say, well, Hey, I'm not in the lava. I'm not in the lava. Yeah, but you're dumb. (laughs) You're risking so much to get as close to the lava as you can. That's not wisdom. Sometimes wisdom will not just be, well, I'm I'm not going, I'm not going to hell. Wisdom just says, yeah, I'm not going to hell. I'm not even trying to get as close to it as I can. Amen. Amen. Be wise. A lot of times in our lives, there's a lot of things that our hearts and our minds can get kind of carried away with. And it's hard to, it's hard sometimes. It's why we need friends. It's why we need the word of God, preaching and, and family and friends that can help us see a little bit more clearly. I've seen people already drifting away from God saying, I'm doing great. I'm doing so great. And they're getting closer to the lava. And, um, it's wise. It's wise. I do my best. Because I think it's wise to be able to say, hey, I want people in my life to know that I want you to be able to talk to me. I want you. I don't want to make it hard. I know some people listen over the years say, I want my preacher to tell me anything. But they make it really, really hard. Hey, can I talk to you? What is it? No, but maybe later. <laughs> but some of you. Just like, please make sure. Make sure I'm if you see something, I want to know, even if it's not something you're sure of, just be able to. I want it to I want you to be comfortable to know that uh, you can talk to me about things. I want people like that in my life. I want people to be able to say, hey, can I kind of pull you aside? I'm not talking about people saying, hey, let me tell you how ridiculous I think you are. That's not that's not a friend. But the Bible says every way of a man is right in his own eyes. So thank God for a friend that helps you search out the matter. 
That works in a lot of different ways. Sometimes you feel like you're down. Sometimes you feel like you're done. Sometimes you feel like you can't go on anymore. And a friend can come by and say, no, that's just the enemy. You're going to make it. You're doing all right. So that's wisdom. That's wisdom. So let's get back to our text in Proverbs, where there is no vision, people perish. It's a lot in the Bible. A lot about blind people. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament. A lot about Jesus healing the blind. And I believe in that. I believe in healing. I believe in the promises of healing. But I do believe that we can see that there is a need uh, to understand the importance of a healthy, healthy spiritual vision. Not taking anything away from healing literal blind people. But there is a miracle that God is looking for to, to open blind eyes. Turn with me to Matthew 13. We talked about a little bit this morning. Remember, we were talking about people that look at the Bible in a natural sense when there's actually a spiritual uh, point that God is trying to make. And we talked about there in, in Matthew 13, as you turn there, Jesus talking about the farmer, the sower, the one who is planting seeds. And he gives this parable about the sower that's planting seeds. And he's kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the picture is kind of in this, in our minds like this. The man is, uh, doesn't have the modern equipment that we have. He's just walking through his field, reaching into the bag and casting that seed and, and hoping that a, a lot of it falls on good ground. But it doesn't all fall on good ground. Not everybody has an ear to hear what the Spirit of God's saying. And look what it says. They come to him later and they don't understand, but they realize something more is being said. A lot of people walked away and said, hey, uh, well, we know more about seeds and farmers, I guess. And um, the disciples say, is there something going on? I think there's more to this. And we want to dig in a little bit deeper. Matthew 13, verse 13 says, therefore, speak I to them in parables because they listen now. He's quoting from Isaiah 6. Isaiah had a vision where he comes into the throne room of God and God is going to send him to preach. He tells him that he says, who is going to go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And he tells him, I'm going to go, send you. But listen, he's quoting this. He said, they seeing, see not. They see what's going on, but they don't really see it. There's two different levels of sight going on. People that are maybe 20-20 in the natural, but in the spiritual, they're blind. So he said, I'm preaching to two different groups of people. Some see, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really hear. Hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. Now, we're going to see something here. It's very important. Because I don't want anybody to think God is somehow unfair because there's sometimes we just don't understand. And it's, you know, it's not your fault, really. Maybe somebody, something's not clear. But he says, in them is the fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing you shall hear and not understand, seeing you shall see and not perceive. For, listen, this people's heart is waxed gross. It means calloused or hardened. They're hardening their heart against what God's trying to say to them. God's, God is persistent. God will try so hard to get your attention, help you see wisdom. But you have the ability to harden your heart. You have the ability to be stubborn and say, no, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to pay attention. 
their, listen, their ears are dull of hearing, hearing, and their eyes, they have closed. It's not God who's causing blindness. It's God who wants to open their eyes, but they've closed their eyes. I don't want to see it. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes. They close their eyes because they don't want to see. Lest at any time they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, should understand with their heart, and they should be converted. I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and are your ears, for they hear. You know, you don't have to turn to it, but in Second Peter, the third chapter, it talks about those that are willingly ignorant. Willingly ignorant. I just don't get it. Do you want to get it? Because you get, you can get it if you want it. I just don't see it. Listen, God will help you see it if you want to. See, this isn't something that you just have to accept blindly. God wants to open your eyes and see that he's been there all along. Wants to give you vision to see what is valuable, what is wise in your life. And he'll show you how sin has not done you any favors. He'll show you how he's got something so much more for you. But there are people that say, I see how blessed you are. I've heard, I heard your testimonies. Great. Good for you. But I just don't see it that way. Don't see it that way or don't want to see it that way. Willingly ignorant. But what I want to have slowly gotten to here for the rest of this message to recognize it says without vision the idea of vision is not only having sight to see what is true and what is wise and the difference between what is wise and what is foolish but really vision is about foresight being able to look at your life and say okay today i'm i'm doing all right i'm surviving i'm getting by i'm still not in the lava But which way are you heading? Were you here a week ago and now here? Hello? Are you? Are you closer to God? If you keep on going in the direction, oh, I know when to stop. Really? Not words of of an overcomer for sure. Uh, to, To be able to say... This is heading in the wrong direction. This is not wise. This is not safe. This is foolish. Foresight. Without vision, people perish. you got to be recognized, Lord, I want to get to heaven. So today, I want to take steps in that direction. I want your will to be done in my life. So I'm going to take wise steps in that direction. How often you see people... And they are in the midst of calamity, in the midst of just horrible tragedy. And I just don't understand what happened. But step by step, they made foolish choices heading in the wrong direction. And now they're saying, it's not fair. It's not right. Look at those Christians that that, that everything just went well for them. No, they had hard decisions to make too, but they asked God for wisdom. Amen. Twice in the book of Proverbs, it says that the wise or uses the word prudent, which is just a synonym for being wise, foreseeth the danger. You think about danger. You know, David was 
such a great man, such a, such a great man. And you know what? He, he should have known better. He did know better. But started heading in the wrong direction. And, and that, that wisdom is what he forsook. Started taking steps to a place where maybe he justified it. We don't have this, but maybe he felt like, hey, you know what? If anybody can get close to uh, danger, it's, it's a man after God's own heart. If anybody knows how to uh, control their, 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 their appetites, if you will, and, and you know what? It's the one who kills giants. But, uh, but what a lesson we learned from David that don't, uh, don't play with fire. Wisdom will, uh, will foresee danger. It'll have vision. Without vision, people perish. Without vision to say, hey, where is this next step taking me closer to God, closer to his wisdom, closer to his will? Or is this a step in the wrong direction? Praise the Lord. I, again, you've heard me say this many times, and if you stick around, you'll hear me say it many more times. This is where the conflict happens, and this is where it needs to happen. Not after tragedy, but way before when bad decisions are being made. That's when you need to be wise. Yeah, and that's when it's easy for your flesh to rise up and say, what do you think? You don't trust me? You don't think that I'm not? Well, if you're, if you're just even a half step closer to, to destruction and... Then, then that's that's something that that is worth looking at. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's not just it's not just well, the thou shalt not. It, it's is this is this prudent? Is this wise? Is this is this? Are you walking in a path that God can bless? See, God can't just bless anything. But the devil will throw some false blessings your way. Sure he will. He'll try to make you feel really good along the way. And, and those good feelings can, can if, you're, if you're not careful and not asking God for wisdom, can feel like God saying, yeah, go ahead. Get as close to that lava as you have to. But that's not, uh, that's not God. That's not God. Look what it says in Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians 6. I think sometimes we read these verses and we're familiar with them. And their context as well. But we don't realize just how this wording is so, so wise and appropriate. It says, be not deceived. God is telling Christians, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That means if I put something in the ground today... I may forget about it, but there's a, there's a harvest coming. And if I want, I've got to have foresight to say I want to grow something. I want to be productive. I want things to work out. So I'm going to have to have foresight to sow today what I want to reap tomorrow. That's vision. How does a farmer survive by saying, hey, I've got a field out there. I worked all day and into the night. And you know what? Uh, I look out there and it's still just a plowed field. There's no corn. There's no, no, uh, no produce at all. But I've got vision. I worked hard at something that's not going to be able to be harvested today. But if I work hard today, I can get the blessing of a harvest in the future. Yes. Amen. Amen. 
That's a lot of a lot of our problem in this generation. There's there's no foresight. There's no vision. The Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh. That means what I want, what I like, what's easy for me. I'm not worried about God's will so much. I'm just worried about what, what comes to me naturally. Well, of the flesh, you're going to reap, but it's going to be corruption. He that soweth to the spirit. You know what you have to do to sow to the spirit? This is the tough part. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to deny your flesh. Amen. He that soweth to the flesh shall reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall reap life everlasting. That takes foresight to sow. Some days you're not getting the harvest, but you're doing what is right and what is wise. I understand fully. People say, well, you know, I, I did pray today and I did my best to really serve God today. And, you know, I didn't get my miracle. I didn't get my prayers answered like I wanted them. I didn't get the feelings that I was hoping for. Amen. There, there's a payday coming. Amen. There's a payday coming. It, it's it, it. You just hold on. You know, you just keep on sowing, and God's going to bless you. That's what it says. Let's look what it says. Be not. Let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season, when's due season? You keep on trusting God with that. We shall reap if we faint not. Don't give up. Don't faint. Don't, don't slack. God's got a blessing for you. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Just keep on doing good. Keep on being a blessing. Wisdom is going to seek a path that will be God's best. Amen. You're going to seek that. You're going to ask for wisdom, and you're going to keep on being wise. I know. Listen, here's just, it's just common sense. You know, you say, well, it just seems like a majority of people are being foolish. Don't, don't let yourself think that being foolish is an option. Right. Amen. I don't know how many times over the years I've told, they've had all these reasons. Yeah, but you know what? You just don't know what I'm going through. I probably don't, but take the choice of being stupid off the table. Don't let that be a choice. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be frustrated and upset and, and you want to, you, you know, you, you need somebody to vent to, I'm available. But, but don't say, you know what, because all this has been put upon me, I'm going to make foolish choices and sow something that I really don't want to harvest down the road. Why? Why, why hurt yourself? Don't you know how, how much I've tried to trust God and, and believe God was going, don't be weary in well-doing. Yeah, but I've waited long enough. Now I'm going to be foolish. What? Don't be foolish. Amen. Take that off the table. Yeah. Foresight yeah. is wisdom. Without foresight, without vision, the people perish. Amen. Sure. And I, I want to add this to it before I close and. Jesus said in Matthew 15, turn with me to it. Individually, I've preached to you the necessity of vision, foresight that has wisdom. I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about a church that has vision. Can I say that I feel like this has been not only a, a battle for us, but as I've prayed in this battle, 
as I've prayed and said, God, this is hard for me. This is really difficult. This is something I just, I want to see your will. I want to see you work. And, and, and I'm, I'm hitting some walls here. God always brings me back to, to the word of God and, and places in the Bible where, where this was, uh, sadly, uh, very, uh, it happened more than once throughout the word of God. Bible says in Matthew 15, verse 13, he that he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. He's talking about the false teachers, the false prophets of that day, the Pharisees and them. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. Can I say? Leaders with no vision leading people with no vision. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. One thing I have found with people who seem to find their place in the house of God and get themselves planted, get really scared of growth, get really scared of seeing God open doors. You say, ah, we want it. But when it starts heading that direction, ah, what's going to happen? So many churches have backslid. So many people have compromised. That's what's going to happen. I'm sure it's going to happen to us. And people get so settled in and stagnant. I think it ought to be obvious that if God puts an anointing in any, any good leadership, I'm not just saying that trying to point to myself as good leadership, but it should be a quality to have foresight to say, how can we be the best that God wants us to be? Listen to me. If today is the best service that we have ever had, it's not good enough for next week. That should make sense. But it has surprised me that people there's more to growing in God than just getting it louder and leaping higher. Amen. To be more effective. To be more on point with the vision of what God wants for us to truly have revival. Amen. To not get stagnant and feel good about ourselves, about yesterday's testimonies, but seeing how can we see people helped, discipled, saved. And that takes vision. And without it, A church perishes to have blind leaders that don't have foresight to say, okay, God, here's where we are, but God help us to get where you want us to be. It's not good enough to just be satisfied. Amen. I have seen people that have, I have felt like they at one time were very mature Christians found out they lacked vision by panicking. Every time camp starts moving forward. Look, look what it says. Matthew, turn to me in Matthew, Matthew 17, just for a few more moments. I don't want you to lose anything I said about what, what we need to look at as individuals, but I want to talk for just a few moments about vision for the church. Remember that time Jesus goes up on the mountain, Peter, and James and John and He's transfigured before them. His garment becomes just white and the glory of God just shining all around. And Moses and Elijah start talking and Peter is getting excited about this. Ah, This is great. It says in verse four, 
Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elias. This is great. Let's stay here. There was work to be done. As glorious as that was, as awesome as that experience was, God had somebody right down off of that mountain that they were getting ready to go down after this was all over and needed to be set free from a spirit of suicide. You read it. Man comes and brings his son, says this guy's constantly trying to kill himself. We need help. We get ourselves feeling so good about where we're at. And when God tries to lay a little fire under you and get you motivated to move forward, God puts a little fire in the preacher and says, come on, let's, let's, let's not get stagnant here. Let's, let's grow. Let's, I know sometimes you say, well, you know, people in that are in this community, they got some problems and then, you know, that's just, uh, well, it's problems. (laughs) Sure it is, but you've got solutions. God wants to work and use you without a vision. Without a church that has a vision, people will perish. And not just people in the community, but we will get stagnant and die feeling self-righteous and comfortable right where we are. Peter said, let's just stay here. Let's build little tents. Little, almost like a little church for, for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Let's just stay here. That wasn't the will of God. We need a church with foresight. We need a church that has vision. We need people that understand that and don't panic and start to, to, to get crazy every time things start moving forward. Listen to me. God's working. Let's let him work. There's revival ahead. There's more ahead. It's greater that, that God wants to have us do. Don't get settled and, 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 and comfortable where you are because we need vision in this last day. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, I could preach a lot longer, I know. And we we are it is early, but I, I feel like I want to just let this settle in. Maybe we'll pick up the idea of the church having vision next week, Lord willing. I don't know. We'll just pray about that. But listen to let me get back to you. Each one of us. Wisdom. Foresight. God help us. Do you have Enough wisdom to say, God, is this your will? Is this what's best? Is this line up with the characteristics of of a strong Christian? Jesus, what do you think about what I'm living, what I'm doing? Please, I'll follow you. Wisdom gets down to our homes. Gets down to who we are. Not only in our own lives, but how we interact with our husband and with our wife. Takes the will of God. Puts it to action. Puts it to work. How we deal as as single men and women for the will of God in our lives. As parents or as children, wisdom. You take it with you when you go to work. Pray for wisdom. A 
again, let me say, God's church is not a church that's hung up on materialism. No, no. Not at all. Our heart and our treasure is in heaven. Be wise with your finances. Pray for wisdom that you can be a good steward with what God's given you. Pray for wisdom. You're blessed. Be a good steward of it. Honor God with it. Your place in God's will, in the church, and in what God is working through you. Wisdom, vision, foresight. God, where are you leading me? How are you directing my life? Help me to take my next step with wisdom and not be foolish. How many times we've seen it, people walk away from the things of God. Foolishness, just foolishness. You think they've just lost their minds. What in the world are they thinking? They're going down a road so fast to to destruction. There's no way it can end good. Today, let's pray for wisdom. Today, let's ask God to take His will, His best, and apply it to where we are today in our lives. Come on, let's find a place to pray.
to live your life. Sometimes you're sowing that you're you're living your life. Don't be weary in well-doing. Keep being wise. Keep having the vision that there will be a day of reaping. There will be a day of blessing. this church, I pray, to have a unified vision of seeing your will done in a greater measure. Lord, lead us and guide us in your best. Lord, I pray you just bless each home, bless each life, God. Keep us in your care, God, and safety and health. Protect us as we travel, Lord. Use us, shine through us for your glory. We give you the praise and honor, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you, church.